1: Hour two, Tuesday, June 20, T-Row in the morning show, Toby and TJ back with you, A1 and Turkey Bacon. I'm uh, I'm going to dip out on Thursday for a few days, and uh, you are going to have uh, TJ and Drake with you, so Turkey Bacon and McGriddle coming up into the week. I know everybody looks forward to that. Uh, especially Bob from cement.
2: Yeah, I've just figured out three-fourths of my problems this morning are caused by him, so him and I should probably have some fun on Thursday morning. He may walk out on me.
1: <laughs> you and Drake?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, something just happened there at the top of the hour. I'm like, well, there was one error that happened this morning. Thanks, Drake. Boy. I'm blaming the board on him now, too, so come on, Drake. Come on, Drake. Get it together.
1: Um, Man, we lost a giant yesterday, Tej. Uh, the great George Frazier passing away yesterday at the age of 68. Uh, George Frazier, of course, a broadcast partner at OU uh, with Chad McKee and I for the past many years on uh, Sooner Sports TV for OU Baseball. But more famously known for uh, being a major league pitcher for a decade, and uh, with several teams, some iconic teams, iconic franchises, Yankees, Cardinals, Cubs, Twins, Indians, uh, went on to, uh, had a very good, obviously if you're in the bigs for a a decade, you've had a a great career, he was a a reliever, entirely reliever, never started a game, was entirely a reliever in his major league career, and uh, went on to a, uh, illustrious broadcasting career afterwards. Uh, one year, if I remember correctly, with the Twins, and then a long, long run as the color analyst to the Colorado Rockies before settling down back here in Oklahoma and uh, uh, picking up a, a side hustle, TJ, and helping us out at OU. And uh, George played at OU. Was an OU legend. lived in lived in Tulsa. lived in Southern Hills, and uh, just been one of the real treats of my life, getting to work with him over the last many years. Uh, I knew George was sick. He has been um, he'd been sick since uh, just before the Bedlam series at the end of the regular season. George was unable to. Got a call, actually, the week of Bedlam saying George had become ill and was not going to be able to make it for Bedlam. And uh, so we scrambled around and, and uh, made it work. I don't know if you remember, Chad and I did a game together. It was kind of an awkward week. and um, So George actually w- went into the hospital and uh, got pretty sick and was in there for a while and then got out. And the last time I talked to George, I was looking back last night, I was in – um, Virginia for the regional and checked in on him and we had a, a great exchange and he was feeling uh, better and not a hundred percent better but better and home and was excited about oh you make it in the tournament and uh said he had a surgery coming up uh you know in a couple of weeks and after that he hoped that everything would be fine. And uh, obviously, just never was able to recover. I, I don't know the details of exactly what happened. I, I was taken aback, quite honestly. Yesterday, I did not know that that um, I did not know that it had become this serious, or uh, complications had arisen, or whatever happened. I, I didn't know that that uh, this was on the horizon, and so it was a hard day. Uh, it is hard uh love george dearly he was a giant personality and i think that came across on the television and the radio uh i don't think i've ever certainly worked with maybe even ever known a better storyteller than george fraser And his stories, TJ, didn't start like anybody else's stories, you know. Uh, His stories would start with, I was in Pittsburgh with Dave Parker one day. Or I remember one time Billy Martin coming to the mound. Or I was wearing Willie Stargell's hat around in the outfield one day. You know, I mean, it's. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. The, the the legendary guys of our childhood, Teach, you know, the baseball card collecting era for you and I, mm-hmm. that's who George played with. Right. And I could listen to his stories forever because it just hit such a sweet spot for me of these names he would bring up that he played with and knows and works with and hears from and, Story after story after story. And it was always, uh, I mean, obviously, he was a great baseball mind and the knowledge he would bring to a broadcast was invaluable. But the real gold, right, the real gold is if you could get him telling stories on the air. And that's when you knew you got something special because all of his stories were just, I mean, can't miss. Um. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say uh, there was something for me. That's what you have to be in baseball is a storyteller. Yeah. And yeah. he was well the said. best. And when I was thinking about this last night, I was very sad of it because there, I, there is nothing more I enjoyed than when he would join you in the booth because I think you two had tremendous chemistry together. You do with all your guys. You and Kevin. You and uh. Uh, Plank and and Teddy and everybody that's in the football booth, you all do. But for me, with George, George took you out of your comfort zone at times. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I loved the way that he could do it. He could twist off into a story that I could tell. Toby's not going to be real comfortable with where this story's (laughs) going. And he would know it, too, And then he would pick at you the rest of the game. And it may not, that story may be done and then not anything mentioned for three innings. And then he would drop a line about it just because he knew it made you uncomfortable. And I just love the way that he could poke at you. Like a lot of guys that you, you, he made you better. And I, 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 that's the biggest compliment that I can give him is that I, I just loved him in that booth with you. I loved him in the booth anyway. Oh, you know, when he would jump to the TV side stuff, like, because he was a tremendous storyteller and the way he could bring the game to you in a comedic, fun, laid back way was just an art. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to him call baseball games. Yeah. So
1: no, we had a, we had and, and Chad too, but yeah, I'll just speak for myself. We, we had a great relationship and a great on air relationship and, I think a lot of that was we like to tease each other.
2: Correct. You know? Yes. And he
1: would. He knew how to make me uncomfortable, and we kind of had a running joke that any time a ball, like an old ball player, got bought up, brought up, I would say, "What was it like to uh, to uh, play with Cy Young, George?" Or, you know, tell us about uh, being in the minors with Honus Wagner. You know, just guys, obviously, that were five decades before him. I would just r- riz him about. Razz him about how old he was. Uh and it would it was immediate. Like if I'd see him in the booth. I if I was on radio and he was on TV and we weren't even working together that day. I had to go hang out with George for a while before the game just because he's magnetic, you know. And he was gonna say something funny. I mean, he was he was always in a good mood and was gonna say something funny to make the day better. So, um, I was trying to think of some of the stories last night and it's kind of one of those things that more will come up as you go along and mm-hmm. it'll remind you of something. Uh, somebody brought up the Dave Parker story on Twitter last night. He told that one recently. I hadn't heard it before, but said he was, uh, I don't remember where he was, but he got to, you know, it was a visiting ballpark on a road trip, got to his locker and there was a ring that was left in, in, uh, the, the little safe box i guess in the lockers they got a little area where you can put your valuables and there was a really nice ring in there and it was it was dave parker's um it was a world series ring of yeah dave world parker's. series ring yeah and uh so he calls up parker and says hey I, i'm in wherever cleveland or wherever and uh you left your ring here and parker goes oh my gosh can you can you send it to me and George said, yeah, I'll send it to you if you promise me next time I face you, you have to strike out on purpose. Then you can. Well, what's funny about that story is you can see George telling somebody this on the phone. Yeah. And <laughs> Parker's like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm serious. You know how much this ring is worth? I'll take it to a pawn shop. So Parker, you know, reluctantly agrees. And sure enough, you know, a few weeks later, uh, George comes out of the bullpen and parker comes up to pinch hit with the bases loaded and uh george said he he looked at dave and shook his head yes and dave looked back at him and (laughs) shook his head no and george looked back at parker and shook his head yep this is happening And he threw strike three right down the middle and parker took it and uh, dave parker looked out at him and said we're even and walked back into the dugout
2: had that manager known, Dave Parker would have never have uh, pinch hit that night. It was
1: a different time, man. It was I know, a different. I know. Said, uh, I, I don't remember exactly. I need to go back and listen to the Willie Stargill uh, story again. But it was uh, he stole Willie Stargill's cowboy hat out of his locker and wore it around during batting practice on the field. And pops, you know finally figured out he was wearing it made him give it back and i can't remember all the details of the story but he like a month later he got a a fedex and it was a a personalized cowboy hat from willie Stargill that he had had made for george um but i mean like that's his stories you know i mean it's the the one this year that just cracked me up was being in toronto and he knew he wasn't going to pitch that night so he just left and they had the mounted police outside the you know the mounties on horseback and uh he asked if he could ride around on one of the horses <laughs> <laughs> he was riding around in the parking lot in toronto during the game on one of the horses from the the canadian mounties um i don't know man they just go on and on i'll tell you my daughter was was devastated my daughter's at falls creek this week and she saw my post last night. She loved George. Loved him. Every time she'd come to a game, she'd come to the booth and hug him and sit there. She sent me a picture last night of uh of her and George. Ah, this is gonna get me. This is what I was doing good to right now. Um, with headsets on act, she was acting like she was doing play by play and George was doing color and they took a picture together. So um he he was just so great with kids. Like he he had his his uh you know set up there in Tulsa where he would help young pitchers mm-hmm. a lot
2: of them ended up being Sooners Jake Bennett Jake was. Bennett was one that he worked with forever, yeah. Like yeah
1: yeah and uh would help young pitchers and just a master at it like him and listening to George and Skip talk pitching was unbelievable uh the knowledge the two of them had and so um just incredible uh what else He was a, he, the Enos Seymour era uh, was, like, he played for Enos, obviously. They went to, TJ, that era went to five consecutive College World Series. If you are at Mitchell Park and you look at the outfield wall, OU's been to 11. Five of them came in a row in the 70s. And George was on four of those teams. And it was just a juggernaut that Enos had back in the seventies. And George loved that era and he always like, you know, kept in touch with all those guys. And they, they they had a big reunion this year at uh when everybody went out to uh Enos's house, his ranch. Enos is ninety now, I believe. I think he turned ninety this year. And uh so the fact that you know a whole bunch of those guys have remained in touch 50 years later almost and their head coach just kind of tells you how special you know that era of OU baseball was so I've always really appreciated that he was he was the you remember the famous George Brett game TJ the pine tar game they had to come back and finish that because it went to the courts and everything George Frazier finished it
2: right yeah (laughs) he was on the mound yeah
1: when they had to come back and play the ninth inning again, he was on the mound. He always jokes out, uh, I can't remember who was where, but he's like, everybody played different positions because uh, the Yankees thought it was such a joke that they had to finish the game. So, like, the first baseman was in left field and the center fielder was catching and all this kind of stuff. George pitched the end of that game. He And this is an ignominious fact, but he in, he like would talk about it himself. He's the only pitcher that lost three World Series games. He was the losing pitcher of record in three games in the 1981 World Series with the Yankees. And I was with him in the booth one day when a guy came in, uh, which I think me, Chad, and George were all together. And somebody came in and and, uh, said, aren't you the only pitcher that uh, has lost three games in a World Series? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and George said, yep, that's me. Remind me, how many World Series games have you pitched in? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he didn't care, you know. I mean, he he was just – he would make fun of himself more than uh, anybody else. So, uh, super kind-hearted, would – I haven't – I don't I, – I haven't, like – like he would, if you were traveling, like last summer we went to Colorado. He called and got us tickets to the Rockies games, right? Uh, he found out my son Trevor was, uh, what is it about your kids, TJ, that gets you? He found out my son Trevor was was uh, uh, trying to get a job with the Albuquerque Isotopes, which is in the uh, Rockies organization, which is what he worked for for years. He goes, I'll make a call.
2: That's, great. Trevor, That's Trevor. Trevor
1: got the job. I don't think they're related at sure, all. Sure. I'll never know. But uh, we we with the whole family parked at his house at the uh, PGA championship last year at Southern Hills. He lived over there. He's like, park at my house. He, well, you can just walk right here and come, you know, I, you use my code, get in, park in my driveway. Uh, I'd love to meet your family or talk to your family. And then you guys go to the golf and you can just leave your car right here all day. So, uh. I have hinted at this, but I've never really uh, talked about it. But three different major league play-by-play jobs have come open in the last two years. And uh, all three of them, George was like, uh, uh, I've dropped your name for this job.
2: (laughs) They're going to be giving you a call. They're going to be giving you a call.
1: All three of them called. All three of them called. Like, he wasn't messing around. Like, he knew everybody in baseball. And, you know, just, I don't know, just a giant of a human. And uh, I, everybody out there listening, especially if you're in Tulsa, you've got your own George Fraser stories. And I'd love to hear some of them, honestly. If you want to call in or text in today, you can call 405-329-9000 or you can text... Meyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. But sad, sad day, crushing day. And uh, it's just kind of hard to imagine, you know, next year having OU baseball without George in the booth with us. So, um, obviously, uh, prayers to his family, um, who he loved dearly. He was always, it during games... Checking in on either his son's team, uh, Parker, who was coaching, is, co- is a coach up there, or his grandkids. His grandkids played baseball, and he was constantly, almost every commercial break, updating me on how his grandkids were doing. You know, so-and-so's two for three today. So-and-so just, uh, uh, he got the win today, went seven innings. He just was addicted to his family. His daughter, who he's talked about this, his daughter was Miss Oklahoma, TJ. Yeah,
2: I remember him saying that a couple of times on air.
1: Georgia was Mm -hmm. Miss Oklahoma a few years back. So amazing family. He had another son who was a detective in the Tulsa Police Department and uh, incredible family. So obviously thoughts and prayers uh, out to them. You want to say anything else, TJ, before we go? No, I think you
2: you were closest. You said it best. I'll I'll miss him on the call. And uh, he was... uh, great to cut up with and stuff the few times i got to talk to him and uh he'll be missed in that booth that's for sure thoughts to
1: take, take a
0: family? break Seven twenty-three on a tuesday morning back after this the t-row in the morning show is brought to you every day by the riverwind casino and hotel okc's number one gaming destination the one for entertainment the one for games the one for fun riverwind casino simply the best
2: Toby and TJ back with you. T Row in the morning show this hour brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, locally operated in Norman at Edmond. Also serving Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, blackthunderroofing.com, 405 473 8028, and Angie's List Superior Service Award winner. Um, you want to get to the phone? Ringo's been holding for a while. Uh, yeah. I think he wanted to hop in here this morning.
1: Ringo, good morning. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, can you, can you is my service very good? Can you hear me right now? Very great.
1: I hear you great. All right,
3: perfect. Hey Row, that was extremely well said, man. Um you you're right. You said it early on when you said he was a huge personality, which he was, but he was zero ego, man. And sometimes you don't really get that with guys like that. And I knew I didn't know George, but I I ran into him a few times uh when when I've run into Parker at uh, Bishop Kelly some and it's mm-hmm. like you said, man, great dude. I'm not going to pile on with it cuz you said it perfectly, but he will be missed. What I thought was odd was that you know, an OU football legend or even a little bit the OU basketball legend, you know, those guys are as visible as they come and again sometimes you'll run into those guys and they're not as uh, they're not as welcoming or as accommodating as, as you kinda would hope they would be. Well George was every bit uh, as accomplished as, as as the accomplished football players that we've had come through there. And George never held George could have been sort of an unknown at times through a lot of people. As a matter of fact, uh, me and a buddy of mine were up watching Jackson and Eli take BP with OU before the games this year and ran into George. And a buddy of mine said, who is that? And I just it just shocked me because so I'm like, that's George Frazier, my man. But So there's just a lot of people that didn't even know who he was, but he was great on the radio. You guys were great, and he's definitely going to be missed. But uh, I just had a I had a question to you. you can I'll have, take this off the air, man. I, we were talking the other day just following this ORU run, and I got a couple of buddies that are inside the baseball program up there, but, you know, I don't really yeah. want to mess with them right now. You know, they got something going on. But my question for you is how much does ORU fit the entire bill? Does the university fit the – oh, man, me turn my alarm off. Does the university fit the entire bill for these trips up here? Does the NCAA pitch in on any of that? Just how does all that work, if you know. So appreciate it, t
1: rope Thanks. Yeah. Um, no, the NCAA pays for it. The NCAA pay, they uh Charter your flight, pay for your hotel, and um, yeah, I mean they take care of you. You make it to the College World Series, you're you're taken care of. It really that's the way it is for postseason. Period. Um, that's why in baseball, and you know you've seen it more recently in basketball that it's become it's become a, a little bit more geographical in basketball, less so, but certainly in baseball. Uh, they try to get as many teams uh, within driving distance as possible because financially they're picking up the tab so uh i think it is if you are within i'm gonna get this wrong i think it is if you are within a 400 mile radius you bus maybe it's maybe it's 300 mile radius uh for the postseason i'm talking about ncaA tournament So, yeah, once you get into the NCAA tournament, then the NCAA picks up the tap. So they will pay for your flight, your bus, your hotel. I don't know what the food situation is. I'm sure there's there's an element to that there, too. But um, this is not like ORU is not having to bear the brunt of this long postseason run. Uh, They they will come out on top in this because of, you know, increased interest in the program. I'm sure there's been uh, merchandise sales. I'm sure there's been whatever future season tickets, all that kind of stuff. Um, So that's how it works. Uh okay, any text messages TJ before? I I, did, I went way long so I know we got to turn this around and get to another break. Yeah. Anything you want uh, to get
2: to? Chevrolet text line. Uh, Mike says George was one of the major leaguers that helped us put on the swing with the Legends Charity Golf Tournament in Tulsa. Mm. Tahl became friends with Plank, so he probably has a recollection as well. George was just a great dude. I was nobody to most I was a nobody to most of the ex-major leaguers, but George immediately made you feel like a friend and that you were in the MLB club. Um entitled to hear the stories and they were legendary that was the that was in the 90s and i still remember his kindness Uh, that's awesome yeah yeah uh let's see here um this one uh i had texted them back earlier letting them know uh what was going on because they kind of caught it midway there and uh he's upset said i used to watch him every day in the summers when i lived in denver so obviously a I big part of Rocky's te- history. So the,
1: the most famous George Fraser story, I forgot to tell, the most famous of all time George Fraser story is he got accused of cheating. He got accused of uh, using a foreign substance on the ball when he was pitching. Uh, so much so that he got brought into the commissioner's office one day. And when they were in New York, the commissioner said, George, be honest with me. Are you using a foreign substance on the baseball? And George said, No, sir, I have never used a foreign substance on a baseball. Everything I've ever used was made in the USA. <laughs> Oh, I would tease him about it a lot because every time on the air we talk about, you know, somebody potentially cheating or <laughs> something like that. I'd be like, George, where did you used to hide your Vaseline? You know, and he would say, well, it was under my belt loop or it was on the back of my hat. or like He would openly admit <laughs> it. It was a different era. Tell a story, yeah. But, I mean, how great is that? No, sir, every, he said the commissioner – I I wasn't there. I don't know. He said the commissioner started laughing and told him, just don't do it again. and, and uh <laughs>
0: The best. 734. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510.
1: This is uh, something that came across my timeline last night that I hadn't heard before, TJ, but it is the uh, television broadcast broadcast. From the 1987 World Series. George is now pitching for Minnesota. They won this. He appeared in two World Series. The 81 World Series uh, with the Yankees, they lost it. And the 87 World Series with the Twins, he won. And uh, it's it's the broadcast. Uh, I'm not sure what network this is. But you'll hear Al Michaels is the play-by-play guy. And they've got... Paul Molitor as like their – did you see this last night? Uh-oh, I've lost TJ. TJ! TJ's on the phone. They've got Paul Molitor. Paul is not acting as the color analyst, but it is like some taped analysis that Paul has done on different players in this World Series. So every once in a while, I, I, I guess, I don't remember this, but in this case – uh, George Frazier's coming in out of the bullpen, and they toss to Paul Molitor with a scouting report. TJ, are you back with us now? I fear, I fear, ladies and gentlemen, that perhaps uh, TJ has been abducted by aliens or has had to make a quick run to the restroom. Most likely the scenario here, however, is that Sean has called and wants to have an on, off-air discussion with TJ despite the fact that we are doing a radio show right now. Those are the three most likely options. I'll go over them again. Alien abduction, uh, run to the restroom, or an off-air conversation with Sean. Let's check back in now and see if TJ is there. TJ! Hey, what's up? Okay, well,
2: uh, where have you been? I've been right here. Where have you been? I've been trying to talk to you, and you have not been answering. I've been yelling at you because you weren't there. Not true i know that's not true no which of the three richard was off the.
1: richard okay oh, yeah. richard very good all right so did you hear what i was saying about this clip i'm about to play for you
2: i was hearing most of it yes i, yeah. I heard uh, almost all you, of it
1: why don't you repeat it back to me then um
2: they, he was pitching for the twins you think it yep. was al michaels you didn't remember yep. the network right yeah there you, okay okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so uh
1: george comes in out of the bullpen this is the world series and they toss to this clip with Paul Molitor, who's going to give the scouting report on George. This is an amazing piece of audio. Listen to this. He
0: knows a lot about agony. The last time Frazier pitched in the World Series in 1981, he lost three games. Here's the inside pitch on him from Paul Molitor.
3: Well, what makes George a difficult pitcher to face is that he has a herky-jerky motion, and he also has several release points. He can throw sidearm or drop-down submarine or even throw over the top. And this makes it very difficult for the hitter to pick up the baseball. Now, added to that, George has been accused of throwing the Staten Island sinker, alias the spitball. When he goes to his forehead or behind his
1: ear, it's time for those Cardinal hitters to check the baseball. (laughs) Can you imagine? That was the national broadcast of this game. Oh, Paul Mollard, the Staten Island sinker. See,
2: why can't we just embrace it anymore?
1: Uh, little Vaseline, sweat. The, now we got to check everybody's glove when they come right. off the field. Yeah,
2: little small piece of sandpaper somewhere in your glove. <laughs> come on.
1: Oh man! All right, we got the uh, daily draft coming up at uh, eight oh five this morning. Any other text messages here, TJ, that uh, you want to get to?
2: Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, this one's uh. It says, oh my goodness, George was so fun on air, and his knowledge of baseball was beyond my comprehension. I'm so sorry for everyone's loss. Um, there was one on here, I'm trying to find where some of these went. Um, Working camera at baseball games for three years, you never knew what was going to what he was going to say. My favorite moments were commercial breaks off the air when he would tell some of the craziest <laughs> stories. Always so joyful and giving props to even the interns on the set.
1: Oh, yeah, he was great. He was, he was, I don't know who that's from, but everybody loved working with him. I have, I've only met two people, and I'm not going to say the name of the other one because uh, I don't want to, uh, you know. Well, I'll, 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 I don't mind saying it, I guess. The two people in this business, TJ, that have been the best at, what's the right way to say this? at cleaning it up when the camera lights came on, you Uh know, when the red tally light came on, like they could be telling a story. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, I I hope that he doesn't say that when we're actually on the air. Pat Jones and George Frazier. (laughs) George, George, the stories during commercial breaks were unbelievable and (laughs) completely most of them unfit for broadcast, for sure. And uh, every once in a while, I would try to tease him about one on the air, but he wouldn't go there. Like, he knew exactly what he could and couldn't say. And so, uh, yeah, I, the, the the people on headsets really got extra level of stories a lot of time uh, during commercial breaks from George. It was
2: amazing. Uh, this one says, I used to call George about every three months when I produced BBJ's show. Even on the 20th call, he would open the conversation with, did you know you're talking to a fellow Okie? He was always proud of where he came from. Great dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was. He was definitely proud uh, to be an Oklahoman. That's for sure. And just be a Sooner. I mean, he he loved his uh, he loved his Oklahoma ties. Uh, today, by the way, TJ, I believe, is the uh, anniversary of. Uh, when we lost BBJ. BBJ,
2: yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I saw uh, Matt or someone post about that earlier. So, no. yes. Uh, one more. Uh, let's see here. I uh, can't go to Carter right now. I have to save that one. Uh, T Row is a true professional, somehow holding it together, talking about George. T Row, you're in my thoughts and prayers. Also, George's family. Rest in peace, George, and enjoy watching baseball from above. That's from Sooner Steven.
1: Thank you, sooner, Stephen. Quick break. We'll get back on track here. 405 651 3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Daily draft coming up in about 20 minutes. Today's topic all time, all time national sports media personalities. We'll be back.
0: This is the Ref Sports Radio Network.
2: T Row in the Morning Show. Kings of Leon bring you back. They gave Toby a day one victory in the daily draft this hour. Brought you to you Kings. by black thunder roofing
1: just a couple of uh fans of first place teams here hosting a show together that's all we are
2: have uh we've been doing this show for near 20 years i don't know that our teams this late in the season have both ever been in first place in their division no chance
1: maybe on maybe like after opening day yeah
2: that's what i'm saying not in mid no chance not mid-june yeah no i thought about that last night when i saw you guys had won again and took that half game lead and i'm like holy cow I, I don't know that this has ever happened this late in the season so congratulations man, oh, i'll see you man. i'll see you in the world series <laughs>
1: spirit that, like that was a spiritual moment last night like i was honestly a little worried I, the news came out midday that joey was back he's been gone for a year and surgery and he's been fighting back i'm like and they say joey vado back tonight i was like oh boy like, I love Joey Votto. He's he's my favorite player, maybe my favorite player of all time. He is an unbelievable ball player and human being. I love, 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 love Joey Votto, but they're rolling right now, man. And I was like, Joey, don't, he's going to come back, and then we are going to lose tonight, And and just, I don't know, maybe this isn't the best time. There's a lefty going last night, eight-game win streak. Maybe wait until they lose a game, Joe, you know?
2: Rolls out there and uh, acts like he's been there all season. So, bomb. Uh, yeah,
1: two run go ahead single. Just what
2: a what a return. Uh, blackthunderroofing.com, 405 four seven three eighty twenty eight. Uh four seven three eight zero twenty eight. Let's see. Oh, I had a caller off the air. Um, said he grew up with Jim Leland. He was asking the tie to George. Is that just the year that Leland was in Colorado as the manager, or is there more to their connection than that? Or do you know? I mean, he never played in Pittsburgh, so I I'm
1: guessing that's it. I'm trying to remember if there's more to it than that. Because I know I Leland was there one
2: or two it. seasons in Colorado, and that mm-hmm. would have been during George's time. Sure. So I'm guessing yeah, broadcasting, that's— broadcasting, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So probably he was just wondering because he said George would mention Jim a lot on the air yeah. and, and tell some stories. So and there there could be something.
1: Could be that More he was than that, a, an but... assistant coach or a
2: bench right, coach maybe right. on
1: one of one of his teams. I'll have to look in Jim Leland's past here. Uh,
2: morning, buddy. Oh, no. happy summer. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for to tra- 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 carry Underwood. <laughs> you did such a great job. <laughs> what, for doing what? For drafting tra- Carry Underwood. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have any other favorite songs about Dakota? Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carter, you're an idiot. Carter from Chikota, Uh Carrie Underwood from Chakota. Carter once rode in a limousine with Carrie. So thank you very much, Carter. I hey, Carter, only...
2: the sign when I'm coming in and out of town, I pass through Chikota, uh twice a week, uh, a lot throughout the year. Why does it only say home of 2005 American Idol winner Carrie Underwood and nothing about Carter Jennings? Yeah. What's you need that? to get that straightened out.
1: What's up with that?
2: Also, the sign probably needs updated Yes, she was the winner of American Idol But now you can probably change it to uh, Country music icon and legend Mm -hmm. Gary Underwood Grammy award winner, I'm sure Right right? At some point, yeah Yeah. Uh, Gator said (laughs) Gator said to correct Toby His good buddy Enos turned 92 this year Hashtag Spike was safe Wow Way to go! I love how Gator always texts in and sends a picture of himself as Gator's well. Gator's a dog. So, and, right. uh, yeah, Gator, <laughs> Gator Sharp. So, the St. Louis Cardinals called Toby, and he turned them down. No, it wasn't the Cardinals. I didn't turn anybody down. No, <laughs> it wasn't the Cardinals uh alan says red Sox fan here winner of five straight and seven of the last ten same record as the reds dead last in the american league east (laughs) what are you doing who is that alan alan what are you doing why are you trying to
1: trying to steal my joy
2: not very nice not very nice at all Mm -mm. Uh, let's see here. Greatest memory of George is when I coached baseball at Union. He would sit around the coach's locker room after practice in the off season and tell a story after story. <laughs> <laughs> he knew Bill uh, Springman, which was the head coach at Union at the time, and Rusty Kuntz's uh, son uh, played at Union, so he would be there also. I was a lucky man being able to hear those stories from George, Rusty, and Bill after oh, every no. practice. Wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, yesterday, I'm kicking myself, and today, for not writing some of these down. I, you know, I I was texting with uh, Jacob and, and Theron at Sooner Vision and Chad McKee last night. I was like, man, if somebody had the time, we should go back through these baseball broadcasts and just clip out all his stories. I mean, that would take, oh, uh, it would like take it, months.
2: It would have to be someone's full-time job he told yeah, some of these stories.
1: Yeah, but... Hopefully we can find a few of them, um, but yeah, I wish I had just kept a notebook and every time he started to tell a story, just, just wrote it down, but man, yeah, it'll be, a, you know, whenever the remembrance is, there will be a, some serious storytelling going on with with everybody that gets together to remember George Fraser. that's for sure.
2: Uh, Carter has followed up. It says, at some point, ODOT makes you take the sign down, and while we need to update a resume, please note that the sign is not on the actual roadway, but on somebody's private land. That is true. It is off, uh, behind the fence. Uh, he says, I'm going back home Saturday. I'm going to talk to the people about it. Thank you, Carter. <laughs> what do you mean, ODOT makes you take it down? I guess those signs, uh, are you only allowed to have them up for so many years, I guess is what he's saying. We'll
1: put another one up there.
2: Huh. Yeah. That's surprising, because if you're on a water tower, it stays forever. Right. Uh, TK's been on the water tower forever and more, so.
0: Remember
2: um, when we tried to get Teddy on the water tower in Fort Gibson? Well, he had a sign, remember, and he let him take it down and then name it like a veteran's highway or something. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't even think he's on the highway sign anymore.
1: Many years ago, we called City Hall yeah. at Fort Gibson That's on right, the air. that's right. And tried to get him to put Teddy's name on the water
2: tower there. <laughs> and the lady had no idea what we were she talking about. She had never about. heard of him before. She's like, yeah. huh? Who? What water tower? What are you talking about? I'll pass it along. <laughs> you got to have a water tower for
1: Gibson, right? <laughs> All right, 758. You ready for the draft? Feel I'm good? ready. I'm ready. That's right, a hard one for me. I'm a, I'm t- I got the number one pick, and I'm struggling big time here. The uh, all-time national sports media personalities daily draft coming up next.